0: say with me, say with you, when God visits me, i say it like this, when God visits a man, amen. I wanted to get on this, I believe it's something the Lord spoke to me about, and uh, we're possibly going to flow on it for quite a bit. I'm not going to finish this morning, so I'll be back here tonight, we're going to finish it tonight, and then we're going to pray for you. Um, I need to get into, so, so, you know, with Centurion, I will be at every, I will be here for two to three straight Sunday nights, I many Sunday morning and two to three straight Sunday nights at Centurion. And, uh, but I'm not going to come if people are not going to come because people have these excuses, load shedding. What's got load shedding to do with the service? You're sitting at home anyway without power. I don't understand it. So our, our, our e-group leaders are saying load shedding, and that's why the people can't come to church. We also got load. Everybody has load shedding. We're in South Africa. <laughs> um, uh, uh, is the air-cons on here or not? So there's no air on. Hey? Okay, don't we have a generator yet that can carry these air Half. Okay, you one. Okay, half. Okay, okay, so half the aircons is on, it's load shedding. Nothing <laughs> you can do about it. Okay, uh, we're not gonna buy another generator now for the sake of just a few aircons because we're busy with a big project and then everything will be carried on our uh, <laughs> generators. Okay, and uh, possibly it is going very well, possibly we should be able to hopefully. We are working towards it. Hopefully be able to present it to you at our February conference. Um, and uh, hopefully it should already be finished next year if, uh, if, um, if you give a lot, you know? So, or it can take, uh, or it can take many years. But um, it is a very big project, it's gonna be amazing. And, um, and uh, once we have presented it to you, we'll take you to the location. Uh, as a church service or something like that uh, to show you everything. And uh, then I'm gonna ask people to really pray about it, to make pledges, to make, um, to make pledges, to make vows. Vows that you can obviously keep, you know, to uh, take bonds out on your houses. That's what they did during the revival. If you wanna see revival, it takes everything from you. But one thing I can tell you is that God never loses what you give Him nothing leaves God's hands, and nothing that leaves your hands to God's hands is lost. Trust me, the Bible says, as long as the earth is here, there is seed, time, and harvest. As long as the earth is here, you can expect that law to work for you. In every area, in your words, in your sowing, in everything, it'll work for you. Are you guys with me? Um, But now, when we put up a physical location, it is something totally different, because It is God's, it is Jesus' instruction to go and disciple the nations and to occupy till he comes. So now you have all these people that are doing just little home churches because they think Jesus is going to come tomorrow. Uh, He gave very specific instructions before he returns. And when he returns, he comes and sets up a physical rule on the earth with the one which the Jews were waiting for. Uh, when it came for the crucifixion and it never happened. So that's the one he's bringing his, his kingdom in a new Jerusalem to be set up on the new earth. Are you guys with me? And uh, we will be reigning and ruling with him, although you are still reigning and ruling with him. And we'll do an eschatology series in the church next year. I'm still debating whether it'll be in the church or whether it'll be in our Bible college maybe Bible college, because we're going to go very deep and many are going to get offended because I have to give you the four views of, no, it can't be a short course. It has to be a module. I, I, I have to give you the four views of eschatology. As a believer, the only view you know is rapture coming into South Africa because South Africa was brought up with that mindset, but there are four different main compartments. All those compartments derive of many different areas, but only two of those compartments are true And out of those departments comes four or five different things. So when we only expect one thing, our scripture knowledge is very limited. Our belief is limited and our actions is limited. I'm going to say this again because you look at me like you want to go home already. Or like you're upset with me, like I messed with a golden cow. No, I will tell you what is the four views. I'll tell you what two views the general church leans towards and what view we lean towards because eschatology is a journey. If you think you have the absolute, then you are in error. Are you guys with me? The moment you think, and I see them putting up these conferences in Cape Town to say, rapture conferences, and, uh, and uh, they're getting all these speakers out to come against everybody that is now anti that. And I'm thinking, what a load of nonsense and waste of time. There are people dying, souls being lost, and, uh, 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 and we're discussing over, over matters that is not essential. Are you guys with me? So we're going to do a thing where we where will we'll then teach op- on it openly. So GSOM next is going to be very powerful, the actual module. So I want to encourage you to sign up, register. We're changing a lot of the modules so that it lines up with a certain university in South Africa that we are in. Actually, one of the best universities that we are in communication with that a student can then go there. They get credits, fully credits from our college. To that, and even those that have studied with us will already get credits, I believe, as well. For there we in discussions with that, and it looks positive. It looks very good. It'll it'll be ninety percent going through, okay. And uh, then um, they can go further studying if they want, but that's not really necessary, in my experience. You need an encounter with God. That's what you need. You need you need your normal basic Bible school. What we're teaching you, which is the basics of soteriology and uh, and the doctrines and revelation, how to discuss the word, how to open the word, how to teach, how to preach and all these things. And then, uh, 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 and then, um, then, then, uh, you know, also church administration, church planting, all those type of things. Then we will, then we will, um, then uh, once you have that, then you are able to, to, uh, to run a ministry. I never went and studied at a seminary. And look at all the Greek and Hebrew I'm pulling out for you. And then, and then usually those who study at a seminary don't do anything. I'm going to say it again. Usually those who study at a seminary don't do anything. Because they went to a cemetery instead of a seminary. Okay. So we keep our spirit full, revelation full, and fresh and new. So next year there's going to be a lot of new modules that comprises of the yearly module. Now let's say you you see you've done a certain models, and there's two or three new modules you can do. Obviously those two or three new modules and we'll add it for your credits and so on. So uh, and that is going to be uh, really awesome. So because we're going to get into stuff like eschatology on a wide scale. We're going to get into how to do how to homiletically. Uh, uh, preach the word and to open up the word and how to study it and we're going to get into a lot of things and I'll be more involved with that. Timothy, with you when God visits me. I want us to get into this. Go to Psalm 8 verse 4. Psalm 8 verse 4. So we had an incredible move of God at Cape Town. There was a, and obviously they have a much bigger building than us and I understand that is part of our limitation. But they had a great revival. We had I think close to a thousand people and uh, uh, God was there every night. The Monday night, angels walked into the place, ministered to people, delivered people. Um, you know, we had, some, uh, we, had some, uh, uh, we had some presenters and someone that came and wanted to come and check it out. And the presence and the power of God touched them. And, uh, you know, so uh, that is good for, for Cape Town because very few churches get that right in Cape Town. Very, very few. In fact, when it comes to our conferences, we are considered one of the largest in Cape Town in two years. So, once we are done with our project, we will be the largest in Centurion. When we are done with our project. So, and the way we build it is for the future. The way we do things going forward, the building, the vision, everything like that is for the future. So, we're thinking 15 years ahead, technology, all those type of things. Are you guys with me? Uh, Psalm 8 verse 4, listen to this. What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man, that's one thing. And the son of man that you visit him. So what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? Say with you, visits. The word visit in the Hebrew means to oversee. It means to, now I'm going to carry on tonight because it's too big of a message, and I need you to come tonight because the finale will be tonight. We're going to pray for an encounter with God, Amen. with people. But it means overseer, it means a ward, it means a statute, oversight, it means a number, and then it means this it means to deposit. Say with me to deposit. So, meaning that when God visits you, He doesn't leave that visitation without a deposit into you. Are you guys with me? He doesn't leave that visitation without a deposit into you, meaning He leaves something with you, whether it is a spiritual gift. Whether it is a grace, whether it is a blessing, although you are already blessed. Are you guys with me? And we're just waiting for some new speakers. It's going to be about 300,000 rand if you feel like you want to sew, 300,000 rand for two small speakers. I can you imagine that? So imagine we have to move and get about 20, 30 speakers. You're looking at sound, that's 10 million. Are you guys with me? Welcome to church world. Um, and then you hope people come after that. So we hope you invite your friends and your families and everyone when, uh, uh, because when we go into our next phrase, it is for, it is for legacy and generations. So, so uh, as a place where people can encounter God. So the word visit, visit is scopos in the Greek. Scopos in the Greek, you don't have to write this down. In the Hebrew, it is pakat. It means an appointed time, an appointed visit. It means to be visited. It means to be punished or rewarded at the same time. It means being paid attention to, meaning someone is paying attention to you. It means to put a charge upon you and to appoint you. So for example, let's say we appoint somebody to plan a church. What is happening? It is a visitation of God that comes upon them. Are you guys with me? to be depositing something into you. So this is what it means, a visitation. So with a God visitation. And the Lord said to me, my people are dry because they missed a visit. They're missing visitations. And they're missing visitations because they don't know how to receive, recognize, and respond to it. I'm gonna say it again. They don't know how to recognize, receive, or recognize, respond, and receive to it. They don't know how to recognize whether God is here. And then they don't know how to respond to the presence. And then once they respond, they don't know how to receive the presence. Are you guys with me? Maybe we get a little bit into that tonight. Maybe not. We'll see. But people don't know how to recognize. Meaning, centurion, and be very careful of familiarity with God. There's no greater danger for your spiritual life than to be familiar with His presence. There's no greater danger for our spiritual lives than to just stand in worship and just stand there. You bring God in. Let me change my vocabulary to new creation realities. You bring God out or you choose to keep Him in. You see, Old Testament, we want to bring God down. Religion says we want to bring God in. The Bible says we must bring God out. Are you guys with me? So the Bible says we must bring God out. So when people are closed off with their hearts because of offenses and hardness of hearts, when they are closed off, they are unable to bring God out. And guess what? They are unable to receive God in. So they are standing like pillars, in a place that should be fresh or in a place where it is the cool of the day, the Eden, don't get so full of the Word that you are lacking the Spirit. We've been teaching great teachings, but don't get so much into the words that there's no more Spirit. Be able to respond to His presence. Are you guys with me? Be able to recognize Wait, there's a tingling of a move here somewhere. How do I recognize the presence? I don't recognize it on the outside. That means I am moved by feelings. I recognize it on the inside. Now I'm going to give you signs of a visitation and what happens after a visitation comes, the results of it. But one of them is it happens inside. God comes and begins to bring a heat. Can you hear me in the back? I'm battling a bit on the stage. It's like a heat, it's like a, it just feels like God is close. And then the moment you recognize it, you have the ability to respond to it. The moment you respond to it, you have the ability to bring God closer and to increase or prolong an encounter. Or to know why He is with you. What does He want to give you? And what is the purpose of it? Are you guys with me? John 1 verse 10. So even though God is omnipresent, His presence is everywhere. He does not, He is not everywhere. I'm going to say it again. Even though God is everywhere, He is not everywhere. Even though God is everywhere, He still comes and goes. And He still visits man. His manifested presence is not everywhere. Are you with me? St. Jordan, why is there such little response with you? We're going to root out the gossip or the hatred by the Spirit of God. So when I'm not here, then we didn't have it in the past We'll have an individual in the church think that they are the monkey. Well, they are a the monkey and they think that they are the lion when the lion is gone. And then they begin to tell their cell members, oh, you know, the senior, you know, I talk daily to, to Prophet Leon. You've never spoken to me ever. And then tell their cell members, he says you must do one, two, three. You must do this and that. What has happened? Jezebel. So don't let Jezebel come in once I'm missing for two weeks or three weeks. Are you guys with me? Be a mature church that even if we travel and we're not going to travel next year. Uh, 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 like I said to Je- you, I made up my mind. If I do, it'll be in a week and I won't it'll be in the week and I will be back on a Sunday if I do. Um, but um, outside of our encounter conferences that we're doing, um, But never get to a place where familiarity is one thing, but never get to a place where you can no longer recognize or fail to receive from the gift that God has placed in your midst. Because it's not for my benefit, it's for your benefit. It's as simple as that. You can have people that became familiar so they don't know how to receive, recognize anymore. They can't recognize when the spirit of prophecy is here. Because they've dulled their spiritual senses. They can't recognize and respond to it because they can't respond because they became familiar. You know what? It is just Leon. Or is this, the? oh, we had this greater preachers beforehand. Ah, oh, now sitting with him. We had Apostle Neville. It was amazing. And now we have Leon. No, no, no. Deal with the recognition. Deal with the response so that you can receive and it can benefit and profit you. Very simple. So the Bible says we should honor one another. We should esteem one another higher than ourselves. And we should honor one another. Honor doesn't only come to you. Honor goes to my brothers and my sisters. I honor them and I esteem them higher than myself. If you want to live a Christian life where you can reap spiritual things, listen to me, a lot of people don't receive change in their lives because they're not not. Not, they don't know how to respond and how to, uh, how to capitalize in on an encounter or a visitation of God. And I'm going to show you to today what is the steps and how it goes. Where the Bible says that how change comes and how this happens and how that happens. And if it doesn't happen, somebody can have a visitation but they cannot perceive it. Listen to me. Listen to this. He was in the world. And the world was made through Him. And the world did not know Him. Simply they did not know Him. So He was in the world. The world was made through Him. The world was His child. Was made by Him. And the world knew Him not. So these are a people where Jesus was walking in their midst. And He says, I came as the God who created you. And yet you know me not, you don't know me. I'm walking amongst you, you cannot recognize me. You cannot uh, respond to me. You cannot perceive or discern who I am. Are you guys with me? Because listen, a lot of times we think God rested on the seventh day. Are you guys with me? Because the Bible says so. But we need to understand time in the Bible. God didn't rest because in my estimation, he was still killing a lot of people. And the one time I was preaching and the Lord said to me, but you know, I came down and I visited Abraham in person. So what do you mean I rested? And then he said to me these words. He says, when you see the cross, you see the finished work. When you see the finished work, it was at that moment when I and my son cried out. Because we are one even though we are not one. We cried out and said, it is finished. Finally, creation is done. Now I can rest. That is why the writer of Hebrews, which I believe is Paul, says that now diligently look and diligently work to enter your Rest. What is your rest? Salvation. Which means the moment you enter salvation, you enter the rest of God. That is why since the cross you are in jubilee. Since the cross God rested. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Because He created ambassadors on the earth that can work on His behalf. So when it came to the cross the work was finished that is why at luke 4 18 where the spirit of the lord came upon jesus the bible says that he said the spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me and then it says he moved away and he sat on the seats and as he sat on the chair they all marveled some were angry why because he sat on the chair that was the receiving of the messiah but he sat showing a spiritual significance That God is sitting down. That God's work is finished. That God's work is done. Meaning His work is finished regarding your sin. His work is done regarding your sin. He's visiting you. Almost every day it is a matter of you recognizing and responding to the visitation. He doesn't visit us like He did in the old covenant. Where He just comes here and there or only to some appointed ones. No. Have him in you. Oh, sorry, obviously, it's, Say he's in me. I am the temple of God. So what visitation? Are you guys with me? So let's get a little bit deeper because you get into your room and you pray 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 and you say, God, I want to see you. God, come down if you're on fire. If you're backslidden Christian, you don't even do that you're a lukewarm Christian you don't even do that you're a religious Christian you can't remember when last you prayed that just means that you're out of fellowship with God and you're not right with Him but those who are actually praying let me speak to you so you get into your room and you're praying and you're saying God let your glory fall down and we must change those songs and I've requested it for a while now because His glory did fall down but now His glory comes out of you. It's very clear. Arise and shine for my light has come. For the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Risen upon you. Rises out of you. Mm. It's built up in you like an edifice. It is, it is the spirit that comes bubbling forth out of you. Are you guys with me? That is why God requires a man to do his affairs on the earth. Because he's in man. People make it so, oh no, God owns, yes, he owns the whole earth. He's the Lord that owns everything. The cattle on a thousand hills, the silver and the gold is his. Everything, the the earth and its fullness is the Lord's. But God is now in man. So he requires a man to move because he's locked up. In a man, he's limited by the movements of a man. Even though God is unlimited and is omnipresent, omnipotent, and omniscient, his workings is limited because it is through the hands and the feet and the mouth and the eyes and the ears of men. Are you guys with me? Please understand the dynamics and the technicalities when it comes to rules of engagement how God has organized us on how He uses us. Why are you working where you are working? Because God is in you. And the only way He can get into the workplace is to get out of you. But the only way He can get out of you is when you encounter a visitation. And when you encounter a visitation, you know now through, as we're going to preach this morning and tonight, how to receive, how to, I'm uh, sorry, how to recognize, how to respond, how to receive. And then you can sit, then you can practice it until you're at a place at your workplace where you can just sit. It takes a few years, you can just sit. It doesn't even have to because it's, it's a matter of catching the revelation. You can just sit and pray. there'll be a field around you. There'll be a cloud around you. That is, when people get in your presence, they'll eventually say something is different about you. If you don't do anything, I mean, if you don't start any prayer meeting, if you don't start any e-group and all those things, which an on-fire Christian would do. But if you don't do any of that, not ministering anybody, you're just sitting, you're going about your daily job. Nobody can see whether you're a sinner or a saint, uh, you know. But if you understand the visitations of God, the visitations, God is mindful of you, number one. Number two, He visits man. If our Bible says He visits man, it doesn't, but He doesn't only visit man. I know even though I called the title, When God Visits a Man. But actual fact, in the New Covenant, visitation is habitation. He doesn't visit, He finds His habitat. In you, he finds his dwelling in you. So, the thing you're looking for is already inside of you. Are you guys with me? The thing you're looking for is already locked up inside of you. So, you are looking for a God out there in the heavens somewhere, and you're praying and you're having this vision of him sitting on his throne. And no, God is not a distant God up there, out there somewhere. Please, if I'm offending you, there's the doors. Jesus says, where is the kingdom? Is it coming there? Or is it coming from there? No, I say it is in you. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Come on, are you guys with me? The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. So the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in you. So where is God? In me. So where do I pray? So when we go new age, have your seats. Now people, let's say we touch now, not us touching new age, this new age is touching a truth. And I had a little bit of an argument with some preachers about this recently. They said, no, 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 you know, we must not go within ourselves. And I'm thinking... New Ages, what do you call them? These psychotherapists, or whatever. Um, they would have some type of truth. Nothing is created by its own, everything comes from God. Everything. Everything. It's just a matter of they perverted it because they made that the God. And the focus is no longer Christ. Christ is all. So long focus is no longer Christ. That is God. That's all. But the greatest way of the secret place that you can pray, I'm going to say this publicly, is when you sit by yourself in a dark room, very important. I'm just going to drop a two-minute bomb for you. You're anyway canceled, so I don't care. I'm giving you, you know, the Bible says Joshua stayed by the tent door when Moses left. Was it Joshua? Yeah, Joshua stayed there. But it also tells me that Joshua watched Moses. If you want to know how somebody encounters God, watch how they pray. It's very simple. If I'm around a man of God, I want to know how they pray. I ask them, how do they pray? There's not been a man of God of great stature that I've been around where I have not asked them, how do you pray? How do you enter the presence of God? How do you see visions? How do you do this? I, I, I ask those questions because it means they have found a way that I have not found. Because they are doing things that I'm not doing. And all these things requires tools or just Knowledge. Forbidden knowledge is not forbidden knowledge in the new covenant, it's called hidden knowledge in the new covenant. The only reason the tree of knowledge of good and evil was forbidden is because Adam and Eve did not first eat of the tree of life, they didn't have Christ, so the knowledge became forbidden. Okay, are you guys with me? We are in Christ now, the knowledge is no longer forbidden, it is hidden secret knowledge the bible says and the spirit will reveal the secret things to us so what do i do when i spend time with god i sit in my room i switch off all the lights if it's late at night they, i'm not doing this every day religiously but there are times where i feel that even though i can say that god is on the outside but i can feel a visitation is near i can feel god wants to speak god wants to ask. there's a pulling and it always comes from my spirit here I go into a room alone, especially a place that I call the place where angels dwell. It is the place where a portal is open in my house. So I'll go sit there, I'll switch off all the lights. And as I sit there, I'll just sit on a chair or like especially a couch type chair. I'll close my eyes. I'll pray or worship if I feel led to. It's It's not a religious thing. And I'm trying to just share with you how I encounter God. Then what I do is in that room, because it is a place where angels dwell and there's a portal, it's anyway has a force field around it, so the outside world is shut off, by the way. Um, so you can't really hear what's going on outside spiritually, if I can say it like that. So you're sitting there, because I've encountered God there a lot. So I'm sitting there, I'll close my eyes in a dark room, because the that is for our prophetic students. Um, and then it is like, my spirit will come alive, but I will be here, not here. Does that make sense? Now, without saying the wording that will make too many people upset, i will rather say, I'll be here instead of here. A lot of people, even in worship this morning, you were here and not here. You worship, you worship, but you cannot encounter God. And God feels far away and He feels distant. And you know you're filled with the Holy Spirit, but God, it just is a normal religious ceremonial service. Get out of that thing. You have to encounter God here. So I go inside of myself. Why? I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. So there's the outer courts. Mm-hmm. The inner courts. The Holy of Holies. The outer courts, many people stay in the outer courts, their mind. Some go into the inner courts. They begin to have a heart conversation with God. Their hearts are into it. Very few enter into the Holy of Holies, which is their belly. It is the matrix and the womb of the Spirit. It is where things are birthed in the Spirit. It is when you spend time with God and you come to this place here, the solar plexus of the spirit man when you get to this place here it is now where you can give birth to a promise that god is promising you so god will always call you inside here to come for prayer but before he calls you to come for prayer he places a strong desire inside of you when that strong desire comes it is a desire that is unquenchable. You will feel it like a heat. You might watch television. You might be with your family. All of a sudden, if you are spiritually sensitive, there's just a slight pulling that says, just go be on your own. Or there's a slight pulling that says, I want to say something to you. Maybe it's not even in those wordings. But you know, there's just like, it feels a warmth here. It is the pulling of the Spirit of God. It is the waiting on the Lord. When the Bible says, wait upon the Lord and renew your strength. When you wait on the Lord, are you guys with me? So listen, let's, let's go back just for the sake of notes. Welcome to those who are online. Please share the broadcast. Do us a favor, share the broadcast. Click the thumbs up button on YouTube right now. I can always see all the comments and everything here. And many times as I preach, I look. And I preach and I look. And uh, so say with me, recognize. People don't discern moments of visitation because they don't recognize His presence, number one. And they don't respond to His presence, number two. And then they don't know how to receive His presence, number three. Say with me, receive. Receive is nothing to do with works. When somebody gives you a gift, you're not working. You're having your hands open. Are you guys with me? So recognize means they haven't realized that His presence is more than a feeling. They think, oh, His feeling is a feeling. That's His presence. Wow, I feel a little bit of goosebumps. Or well, they experience God at church but not at home. People don't respond because they don't know how to respond. So maybe they feel something and they feel God is here. But what do I do? They don't know how to respond by their spirits. They don't know how to respond by their faith. Do I have you guys with me? It's a practical thing I'm giving you. Real, real practical thing I'm giving you. And if you follow these keys this morning and tonight, I promise you, with a guarantee on it, that if you give any tithe in this service, you can come and take it away if it doesn't work for you. Are you guys with me? Only this service. Because I can't be held accountable for your, uh, for your sins and other areas that doesn't allow God to come in. Are you guys with me? So if you do this, you will encounter God. Now the thing is, there are dimensions and realms with God. This is where God gives gifts. The Bible says He descended and then He ascended so that He may give gifts unto men. So, the moment you ascend into another realm or into another dimension, it is there where gifts are deposited. That is why the Bible says that when God visits you, He visits you to deposit something into you. Are you guys with me? So strive and content for encounters, content for visitations, content for higher realms. I don't know if you guys are with me. It feels like I'm preaching to an Afrikaans white church here. Cape Town at least, it's colored people. They're screaming clapping, white people are so reserved, dignified. I know, no, 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 I mean, no wonder you don't receive anything from God, white people are the least to receive anything from God, do you know that, do you know that, so get over your whiteness, Because they, the reputation and the dignification and the hardness of heart and I don't want to show emotions. You cannot even get to the second realm touching God with your heart emotionless. You cannot. If you cannot be emotionful, uh, full of emotions with God you will never touch this realm. Come. These men standing like this. I'm not going to do anything. I see them, they're in the church, Sunday of the Sunday, faithful of the faithful. You even come and pray for them. I say, are you happy? The one time I said, I said, are you happy? <laughs> 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 in His presence, there is fullness of joy. In His presence, there is rejoicing. There is rest. Are you guys with me? Now, white people can even scream and rejoice in a mechanical way. They can pray in a mechanical way. That's why when I ask you to pray, you pray, you pray mechanical. No personality, no emotions. And I'm thinking, God, maybe I should come to the prayer meetings again because the, the motions are there. But the heart is not there. What is going on? Why are your people disconnected from you? Why are they disconnected? Because, and they program mechanically just. Um, bum, 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 bum. Why it not not? You can just close your mouth. No. When I pray, I pray. When I don't pray, and I play, I play. When I pray, I pray. Raska alecha konoska avrekeneshka alebei. Lebaya, lebaya, lebando skataya now that's just talking in tongues speaking in tongues that's not praying in tongues okay so they are speaking and they're praying so I'm just speaking in tongues there. but when I pray I can go at a higher rhythm but I can touch the heart of God because there's emotions involved I'm not saying flesh I'm saying emotions because when God touches you when your heart is touched your emotions will flow when tears cannot flow, the heart cannot touched, cannot be touched. The heart has been hardened. The heart has been hardened like a rock. So it cannot be penetrated anymore. So guess what? God cannot touch your heart, never mind your belly. So you wonder, but why are people not reached by me? Why can I not reach out to people? He cannot even touch your hearts to get to your belly. He cannot get to the outer courts, inner courts, to get to the Holy of Holies. Are you guys with me? So where does it come from? I need a new heart before I can even begin to understand a visitation of God. Because an offended heart can never respond or recognize the presence or a visitation of God. An offended heart can never understand, recognize or respond To the anointing, to the presence, to the glory of God. The presence and the glory of God requires a response. But it first needs to be discerned and recognized. That's why one person can receive the presence and another one next to them cannot understand or see anything. Because the one's heart is in a place of receptivity. That is why when the word was preached, the word fell on some soil. One soil was hard and rocky and the other soil was fruitful. What did Jesus say? He said, listen, this soil is not just the soil that you think, but it is the word being preached into your hearts. Into the soil of your hearts. So some people's hearts are full of thorns. What are thorns? They are hurt. So the moment somebody wants to touch their hearts, they get stung. Are you guys with me? So whenever people want to reach out to them, they get bitten. Then you have others whose hearts are stone. You're trying to reach out, but it's just a dead person sitting there. Then you have others you can reach out, and it's like that falls on fruitful ground. Every word you speak, their heart is open and healed. The paradox of this whole thing is that you can only get healed in the presence. But it's very difficult to get in the presence if your heart is hardened. But you can only get healed in the presence. So this whole thing, this morning and tonight, we are going into the positioning of a visitation and what it does. Are you guys with me? Have your seats. Go through to Luke 19, I think it is, verse 44, 43. Luke 19, verse 43. I'm not going to be long because we're going to finish a bit earlier here so you can come back tonight. I need to go to Krugersdorp as well. For days will come upon you. Now tonight I'm going to get into the force field. I'm going to get into the blessing. I'm going to get into how you become the blessing. I'm going to get into how God chases after you. How the spirit of prayer comes. We'll finish it completely tonight. And then we're going to pray for you for a God encounter. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you. He says, the day will come when you will be defeated by your enemies, surround you and close you on, on every side and level you. They'll make you, they'll level you down to the, to the floor and your children within you to the ground and they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time. Wait, listen. read that for me, did not. Read it again. So he says all these things is going to happen because you didn't recognize the first point. You didn't recognize the time of your visitation. The word recognize which is to know means to gnosco. It means to come, to learn, to have a knowledge, but it also means to be acquainted with intimately. It gets so close to sexual intercourse. It's speaking to understand, perceive, and to have a spiritual perception about something. He says, you didn't have spiritual eyes and a spiritual perception. To perceive that I am about to move or to recognize your hour of visitation. So even though God is still in us, Listen to me, there are hours of visitation. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. During this series, I pray that you'll have hours of visitation that will come to you. You will feel the pulling and the drawing of God. You will feel the pulling and the drawing of God. A lot of people wait for God to feel them. No, 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 you need to position yourself. And then once you feel it, you need to, uh, you need to respond to it. So there's a way to respond. Are you guys with me? So let's go on, so how do I respond so, so how do I recognize I must have my spiritual eyes open I must be in a prophetic anointing I must be in a prophetic church where the more we preach revelation to you, the more you will recognize when God is here or not you must be able to feel the currents of the Holy Ghost are you guys with me So God is most among people who can recognize and respond to Him. For example, we've been in church service. I can be in a church service I we just be silent. And there can be an atmosphere of glory. And then you hear in the one corner, somebody beginning to encounter God. And then it goes to the next person. And then it goes and then it goes and then it goes. What is it? It's the currents. Now many churches stop that they control and they grieve the Holy Ghost. And then it doesn't happen anymore because the Holy Ghost knows that if I'm going to come in, I'm going to be stopped. So He doesn't come in or He doesn't visit anymore. That is why it is so serious to quen- not to quench, sorry, not grieve, quench, not to quench the Holy Ghost. And when you're in an atmosphere of glory, it can come in. And then it begin, people begin to catch it. Why? God is in them. Now God in them is coming out. Sometimes it starts with one person It comes out. Guess what? Now God comes in them out into the atmosphere. So now He touches somebody else. God comes in them out. I'm giving you a Bible, so relax. What happens now? A movement of the Holy Ghost begins to move and an atmosphere is now created because of the response of the people so never wait for an atmosphere create an atmosphere a lot of people like oh you know the glory wasn't in the church no create an atmosphere are you guys with me How do I create an atmosphere? That's a whole nother teaching, but that's through our giving, through our praise, through our worship. Praise until the spirit of worship comes. Worship until the glory comes. Stand and know how to receive in the glory, the spirit of revelation. But you must know how to go praise, high praise, worship, high worship until the spirit of worship comes. Glory and stand in the glory and know how to receive and respond till revelation comes to you. And when revelation comes to you, transformation comes to your life and change comes to your life. And I'll show you this out of scripture. If I don't finish this morning, we'll go on tonight. When God visits you, he changes things. Are you guys with me? So, so let's go on. Let's go Luke 24. So, with me, respond. So how do I respond? Luke 24 verse 48. I'll close off with this one and then we'll carry on tonight with receiving and we're going to get into what happens when a visitation comes. Luke 24, 24 verse 28. And they drew nigh unto the village whether they went and he was, and he made, put in the King James, and he made as though he would have gone further. Quickly guys, King James. Luke 24 verse 28. They came; draw, they drew near to the village where they went. And Jesus made, He acted, He made as though He would have gone further. He behaved, He acted, He played a joke on them but to test them. Next verse says, but they constrained Him. Say so with me, constrained. They constrained Him saying, abide with us. For it is towards the evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry, to dwell with them. They recognized a visitation. Once they recognized a visitation, they realized they have to respond now to a visitation and they said the way we're going to respond to this visitation we're going to constrain him and grab a hold of him and say come and spend the night Jesus in our lives but what does the word constrain means? Listen, it means to employ force contrary to nature and rights. it means to break the law are you guys with me? There's nothing like Jesus coming into a place when you break the law. There's nothing like Jesus coming into the place when the government says you can only have three people in your house or no friends and you invite the whole neighborhood to your house and you praise and worship. Are you guys with me? What is it doing? It's constraining him. It's saying we will even break the law. Please, I'm not speaking. You, You understand what I'm speaking? within measure. But we don't care. The only thing we care about is your presence. They can kick us out of this place, out of another place, wherever we No, no, no. The thing we care about is your presence. King David says, take everything from me but your Holy Spirit. Take everything from me except your Holy Spirit. Do not take your Holy Spirit. Do not take your presence from me. And he was speaking about the manifest presence. It means to employ... A contrary force. A contrary to to nature and right. It means to compel by employing force. To constrain by entreaties. It means to coerce. To persuade. And when they did it, the Bible says that He dwelled with them. And He shared scriptures with them. And then their eyes, their spiritual eyes, opened. The moment you embrace an encounter your spiritual eyes open. Once you know how to respond in a greater way, your eyes will be opened in a greater way. And then they said that our hearts not burn within us when He opened up to us the Scriptures. What happens when we constrain Him? The fire of God comes into our lives. Are you guys with me? The word constrain is parabiatomai. So it means to constrain, to press down, to force, to constrain somebody, to pull them violently, obsessively, passionately, aggressively into your life. Meaning the presence of God you recognize is here. Now it requires a response, whether it is emotional, spiritual, but there's a response that takes place to grab a hold of the rec- of the recognition of what you're seeing. How does a prophet prophesy? They first see something, but then they have to respond. They have to call out a person or begin to prophesy and say what they are seeing. So Jeremiah, what do you see? I see the branch of an almond tree. You have seen, well, what did Jeremiah do? He responded. Are you guys with me? So how do I bring something from the, natural to the, from the spiritual to the natural? I respond. I recognize it and I respond. Moment, I respond it manifests in the natural. So how do I get God into a place to tarry with me all night? I recognize He is near. He is here. He's inside. He wants to come out. Then I begin to respond according to that. Are you guys with me? Stand your feet. Stand your feet wherever you are. We're going to carry on tonight. I need to finish the sermon tonight. I just thought it only now. Say with me, say Holy Spirit I hunger for more of you Say with me, say place a hunger Develop a hunger a holy hunger inside of me I desire visitations you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Tonight, we're going to do offering just now, so just stand ready. Tonight, we're going to go deeper. We're going to finish and we're going to minister to you. We're going to trust God for encounters to come in. Listen, there is times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. So people will say, I'm tired, I don't want to go to church. Yet the time of refreshing is in the church. Because when His presence comes, it is celestial air that enters you. And you're rejuvenated. The Bible says He quickens our mortal bodies. He quickens our spirit. He quickens our mortal bodies. All of a sudden, we have energy again for the week. We have energy again for things that we didn't, that we think we had to just lie down and relax. No, no, no. He quickens your mortal body by the anointing. Are you guys with me? Raise your hands one more time. Father, I pray. May the anointing of the Holy Spirit rest on them. Even as they give right now, they prepare their seeds, their tithe, their offering the vision fund, whatever it might be. Let them give into an encounter and let them build an altar that that altar will produce an encounter for them, will produce a visitation for them. We see every time your patriarchs encountered you, they gave and they built altars of sacrifice and offerings. I pray that this giving of sacrifice Will bless, will cause them to know that they are blessed. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come and give him a praise offering.